0: Let's get started. We, remember <clears throat> we started this series of lessons dealing with uh, about awakening to righteousness. Now let me just continue to do what uh, to review uh, what we've been speaking of. Let's go back to 1 uh, Corinthians 15, and 34 so that we can get a, a glimpse of understanding about what it means to be awakened to righteousness. Now, that's the theme of the, the theme of the year is for us to be awakened. So we said the word awakened means what? What anyone know the word awaken to do what to, to arouse, one what? Understanding. So we are talking about arousing your understanding to the place where your thinking is on a whole different level now as a believer. Amen. And so notice this in verse 33, it says, be not deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. So now you have to be mindful at one time you were not mindful of evil communication. Okay. What is evil communication? Anything that just got nothing but self full of pride, arrogant, and etc. Amen. So evil communication corrupts good manners. Okay. Meaning, you know, uh, I could be on the job being a witness to someone, or you may be working on someone that's, you know, that's evil, that got evil tendency. Well, you can't hardly do much or anything about that, but, you know, once you are off from work or whatnot, now you have a decision to make whether you're going to hang out with this person all evening or what. Can you understand what I'm saying? And so, good morning, guys. So, you don't, that's not something you want to do. You know, you want to be to the place to where if you were hanging out, you want to be to the place that you are a witness to that individual. Is that right? Why? Because if you're not careful, then their evil communication will corrupt your good manners. Can you see that? Amen. So, you know, so sometimes you, you know, people see, say, well, man, wh- wh- what are you hanging out with that person for? Well, first of all, we don't know that person, you know, God using them as a witness to that individual. Now, you may not want to hang out with him. You may not have no way of communion. But again, God give us all different assignments. Okay, so now notice this, verse 34. That is, awake means to rouse one from a spiritual stupor. In other words, rouse one to this new righteousness that we have of God that has come through Jesus Christ. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? All right, that has what? Come through Jesus Christ. So when we say awake to righteousness, that means you're, you know, we got a store that's called rouses. Right? same Greek word. Yep. So it means to rouse your understanding to the place that, whereas that you and I are the righteousness of God. And notice this. So when he says, awake to righteousness, and then notice what he said, and sin, what? Nope. Not. So that means now, I have the ability to control sinning. Amen? And why? Because you are born of God. Right? Because you are born of God, now you have this attribute inside of you, which is the Word of God, the Spirit of God. And what we're going to be talking about today is putting on wearing the armor of righteousness. Amen? So you have to put it on in order to sin not. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm going to say that to you again. You have to put this armor on to sin not. Okay? Because if that armor is not put on, then you're not going to be able to not to stop sinning. Now, you're not going to ever stop sinning. Are you getting what I'm saying? You're not going to ever stop sinning, but you're going to get to the place to where as you're not going to be living in sin Just outright, you know, some things you're going to be doing that you're not going to even be, you're not even aware that they are, that it is wrong until someone bring it to your attention and show you differently. And that's why we say awake to righteousness, meaning the righteousness of God is on a higher plateau than self-righteousness. Self-righteousness is all about what? It's performance. It's based on action. It's based on looking right. It's based on doing right. But yet inside, you're full of dead men bone. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can look right. You can do right. But that don't make you righteous. It's like me. I can park myself in a garage, but it don't make me a car. Right? <laughs> so I think y'all got my drift right there, okay? All right, so now let's go to uh, uh, look at Ephesians chapter 2 and look at verse 8, Casey. Uh, Let's look at some of these verses of scriptures here. It says, for by grace are you what? Saved, and notice notice how your salvation came. How did it come? How? Through what? Faith. You see that? For by grace, meaning grace is God. It's, it's God's provision, it's God's putting, giving everything that we have need of without our help, without our willingness, without our input at all. God's goodness come upon you and I, do, done for you and I what we could not do for ourselves. But the response of receiving this grace has to come through faith. It is the faith of Christ, okay? It's not a human faith. The Bible speaks of several different faiths. You got a physical, a human faith, you got a uh, mental faith, and then you got the faith of Christ. So the faith of Christ, notice this, so it says through faith, what does that simply mean when it says through faith? Through faith simply saying this, notice it, it's not of yourselves, but it is what? A gift from God. And that's what salvation is. Salvation is a gift. Okay? So when you look at the word salvation here, when we talk about the word salvation, it's a gift of God. Notice this. this let put put uh, verse 9, uh, Casey. Not a works. Works. What is... When we say not of works, let's define that for a moment. Because the Bible said faith without works are dead. The works that with this right here is, is talking about a work of performance, a work of a debt, a work of some type of action. And it says you can't do anything. This is a gift from God. It said lest any man should boast. So that means if you could receive from God based on your merits, based on your goodness, based on your standards, then guess what? It can't be grace because it's got to be grace, all of grace plus nothing. Are you understand what I'm saying? It's got to be all God or nothing. It can't be God plus you. Well, God, do this for me because, you know, I, you know, I gave $20,000 last month to help that church, you know, uh, uh, get, you know, pay its debt. That don't make you righteous. Now the church going to receive it. You, you, you know, you give us $20,000 a day. We're going to put it in a church account. We're going to use it. But that don't make you righteous. But righteous people give $20,000 if they, you know, if God move on, right? But we can't do it to say that I'm righteous. That God owed me something. I got something to boast about. Or I come from a traditional Baptist background. You know, you see that some of the pews in the church. You know, especially first cup of pews. You know, you may see your your grandparent name on there. You think you tall cotton, huh? Right? And then somebody sitting on your, You know, sitting on, the, on that family on that family bench right there. Boy, look what you know. You you know, we get them eyes here. <laughs> What'd you do? You go get that go get the deacon to say, look, look, I'm here. Tell them they gotta get out that chair. My my grandpa, my grandparent paid for that chair. Right? That's an old tradition of Baptist church where I came out of. That's hogwash. You know, I didn't know that then. But that's hogwash. I mean, thank God. That you know, I mean, look, uh, uh, but we have these traditions that we hold on to, and this is why some people get taken because they think, okay, well, I'm righteous because, hey, I got something to boast because I bought that pew, or I bought the sound system, or I bought the new camera. No. We need all those things, but guess what? That don't make you righteous. I don't want no one to think that you can buy God's righteousness. You can't. And if anyone tell you that, if anyone talk you into that, you better turn away and run from them. You better have the speed of Carl Lewis. You might have to jump over a couple cars just to get going. You understand what I'm saying? Run away from them because no. All right. I mean, some people are not going to like this kind of lesson, but I'm just telling you, don't ever think that your money or some monetary monetary thing that you do. I mean, you may even give a car. You may even buy a car. I mean, all of these things are great. Don't misunderstand me. But you're doing it in a manner just, you know, because out of love, you're not doing it to earn any merits. You can't earn no merits with God. God is the only life giver. You and I are the recipients of God's goodness. Yes, God going to use people to give to you. All right? He's going to use people to do things in your life. But don't think that, you know, because this was done, well, you know, that person, I know they're going to heaven. Because, man, when I was at my lowest, they did this for me. And you base that, do you say they're going to go to heaven? Do you see why that heaven and hell is not in the hand of a man? Let me show y'all a verse of scripture here just for more. Look at this, First Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, look not on his countenance. Now he's at the house of, talking about the house of Jesse. He's getting ready to pick the next king. And Samuel, and notice this, are on the hike of his stature. Because I have what? I refuse him. Now, that's not a man said that. That's God. Because he knew what's in the heart. Not only did he know what's in the heart, but it, he didn't have the heart of God. For the Lord seeth not as man see it. for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks where on the heart, the inside. You know, we could say, "Well, yep, you can count on me." And when it's time, there are no show. Hmm? Are you Are you following what I'm saying? All right, go back, Casey. Go back to uh, Ephesians two. Now look at verse. He uh, was at verse nine. Look at verse ten. Put this in the classic Amplified version. Verse ten. I like the way this verse reason to amplify. For we are God's own handiwork. That means all of you in here, all that's listening by Facebook, you are God's own handiwork. Each one of us has a purpose. Each one of us has a calling. Each one of us has something to bring to the table that God, only God could have put in you. No one else could have given it to you. No one else could have done it for you. Right, look, create, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do what those good works which God what predestined. Hmm? That means before you was ever thought in the womb of your mother. God already knew what He thought of you. God already knew what he had purpose for your life. Now, we, we may not walk in the fullness of it, right? But as long as we got breath in our body, you, you have opportunity to say, Lord, I, I want to make sure I'm, I'm walking in the path that you have me. And if I'm not, I give the Holy Spirit consent to reveal it in my heart And once you show me, I will change. That's simple right there, right? Notice this. Recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. Taking path which he prepared ahead of time. I mean, God got paths for you and I. Even if you and I veer off, right. he know how to bring you back. We all got little navigation system. Whether you have it, if you got a smartphone, you got navigation system. <clears throat> how many times we pass up where are we going? What the what the little what the little little woman or whatever, they say reroute. Is that right? And they begin to do what? Re- Re- refiguring that thing up until you take the next left 500 feet. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then sometimes they ask you, do you still need the direction? <laughs> so what I'm trying to say, it will, it will do its best to bring you back to the path that you're supposed to be on. Well, that's what God's Word does. God, you and I may go off path, but God will begin to start working in us, bringing us back in that path, right? Notice this. Taking path which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them living what kind of life? See? The good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to do what? To live. So God already made a good life for you and us all to live, right? You just got to choose his way. Notice this, but you got to get in that path because in that pathway is all of God's goodness for you, all of God's provision for you. Things may look, doom, may look glimpse. It may look gloomy, but if you stay in that path, I mean, it's like, take for an example, you know, uh, I don't drive that much. Uh, going to Shreveport, as a matter of fact, I hadn't been there in a while. But you know, I used to drive that road all the time. I tend to uh, taking going to uh, what 65 going up that through Monroe and there, all those places going to Shreveport. Man, that's the most boringest drive you could ever. That's a that's a three-hour boring ride that you could ever choose. You better make sure you got somebody with you. Uh, uh, uh (laughs) Or you got some good music playing or some good teaching or something. You know, to me, it's a boring drive, okay? But, you know, uh, uh, what I'm trying to say to you, that if you're not careful, then notice this. If you get out of that path, even though it may look like it's boring, I knew where I was going. I knew I had to pass through certain towns, certain uh, 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 cities or whatever to get to Shreveport where I was going. Now, once I got there, guess what? I forgot all about the abandonment, you know, like especially going, coming through Alexandria, you know, especially since they put that big circle up there, you know. You know, before that circle, that that loop they had up there, that that was a booming area where the circle, where the loop starts in Alexandria. That was—it's was kind of like a Lafayette. That's the reason why the people in Lafayette have been fighting that that loop. Did you know how long the, there's a there's a plan to put a loop here, in this city? Y'all didn't know that, right? That they, they've been talking about that for. I'm talking about almost like probably like forty years. It might be longer. But they fight that. Why? Because they saw what it did in Alexandria. So it's interesting to see, you know, because, you know, where that thing's supposed to be coming through. But sooner or later, we're going to have to have something because Ambassador Caffrey and Johnson and whatever else they wrote. We got Khaled Saloon, Verac. <laughs> that ain't going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? No. But anyway, this is my point. God, sometimes the you know, the road you are, it may look boring. It may look congested. If you stay there, the provision of what you need to for you to be successful and what God has planned for you, you will be able to reap it. Sometimes We get off course and we say we're going to take a different turn. And then that's when we mess up on God's provision. Amen. Okay, here we go. You ready for the lesson? All right. We're going to be talking about the armor of righteousness. All of this was just a foundation of building up on what we've been uh, sharing with you. Now, when we talk about the armor of righteous, last few, for the last four weeks, we've been talking about living righteous. Living righteous doesn't mean by what you do, living righteous is according to God's standard. Now, the armor of righteousness, now let's put this up for a moment, Casey, Isaiah 59. We're going to use one of these as a foundation scripture, Isaiah 59, 17. Even though it's an Old Testament scripture, but it is New Testament Notice this. Isaiah 59:17 says, "For the Lord put on what? Righteousness as what? A breastplate or coat of mail, and salvation as a helmet on his head. He put on garment of vengeance for clothing, and was clay with zeal and furious divine jealousy as a coat." Put it put it in the uh, NLT. Put it in NLT in, in for a moment. I turn around, all these bodies start popping in, right? Maybe they turn the around, maybe. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> he put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. Now, let's put this in the King James. He put on righteousness as a breathplate. This is, I like this, the way this is familiar. And in helmet of salvation upon his head, and he put on the garment of vengeance for clothing and clay with zeal as a cloak. Go to Romans, I mean, not Romans, uh, Go to uh, Ephesians 6 and look at verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, we're talking about putting on the armor of righteousness. Okay? So what is an armor? Uh, let's define an uh, armor is used for what? For protection. Right? Right? If you've been in the military, like we talked about earlier in the class this morning, you know, uh, there's an armor that they wear, full body armor that they wear, SWAT team, police officer. There's an armor that they put on. Uh, If you're a fireman, there's an armor that they put on to protect themselves from fire. Right. What do the believer put on to protect themselves from the works of the devil? We have to put on what the armor that we put on I'll let you in on it and we'll teach about it is truth your armor is truth okay but when we look at Ephesians chapter six it tells there's a description that it that we that it goes through of showing the truth that you and I have embraced but Paul uses a Roman soldier uh, dressed physically. And he equate, he equates that and given as a parable what you and I are to put on this truth, what that Roman soldier put on to go to battle physically, we put on as a spiritual truth. That means your mind has to be renewed with the word of God, okay? So your assault, my assault is more what spiritual than it is physical, okay now so here it says. We wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. So when we talk about the armor, uh, body armor or whatnot, and as we said earlier, I mean, look, we was talking earlier about uh, a military guy. Uh, I I was saying that I I was uh, mentoring a guy in the military one time, and he showed me this armor. I thought it was 50 pounds, but uh, uh, Bobby Wright is 30 or 35 pounds, 30 pounds, something like that and you know, it feels heavy. And what it does, they can put that on in the front of them and in the back of them, right? And it's like when you got 30 pounds front and back, that's 60 pounds, right? So, and what else that they got on that they got to walk with? So your armor could be what? What? What's the armor? Full armor of a military guy could be dressed in. What the weight of it? Without the weight. Without your weight. So if you weighed 150 pounds in the military, right? Wait a minute, say that again? So that's about sixty pounds of protection. Yeah. yeah. So we got 60 pounds of armor that you have to, that you're wearing besides your body weight. Now that going to show you what they have to, how they have to prepare themselves when they step out and put foot on the ground what they're ready for. Right? And then don't let, don't let one of the comrades go down. You got to pick him up. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. so think about it. Yeah. Are, you, are y'all seeing this? Now, this is physically, so you could identify with that. Okay? police officer. They too have body armor, right? Uh, SWAT teams right? have body armor. You can identify with it, right? Okay? Now. I want you to identify the armor of the believer. We don't put none of that on. But you put on something that has much more weight, much more weighted than just the physical because why? Your fight is dealing with the realm of the spirit. Your fight is not flesh and blood. Your fight is going to be a lot of mental. Okay? let me show you this. So it said, for the weapons of our for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principality. That's your fight right there. Everything that we just spoke of before, they had to dress to fight flesh and blood. They had to be dressed to fight flesh and blood. Right? Yours For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities. This is where your fight is. Powers against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, where? In high places. These are all functioning to your thought. They're not functioning in your spirit because your spirit is sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You're born again. You're protected. Huh? But in this, your mental capacity, your soulish man, or it talk about your heart, or your mind, it's not protected because it didn't, it didn't get saved. Your head didn't get saved. Your body didn't get saved. So sickness can still attack your body. Sickness can still attack you mentally, physically, Right? But if you put the word, if you put this armor on, now my mortal body, my mental capacity can be preserved. Because what am I doing? I'm putting on this truth to come against what? Principalities. What is the principality? Hmm? These are, are things that whereas as you have always dealt with in your past. They're like familiar spirits. You know what familiar spirits are? They are familiar with you. You lived in them. You lived with them. You function in it. You did it. Right? Now that you're born again, you walked away from it. And it's always trying to do what? Pull you back. Right? You were a drug addict, what you think he's gonna do? It's he's gonna, he's gonna find somebody who ain't never had nothing, no drugs before, always bumming, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and all of a sudden now he loaded down. You didn't walked away. And the enemy is trying to use it as a mean to do what? Tempt you to go back. And if you don't have this truth embedded on the inside of you and say, no, no, that person has died. I no longer live under that. Hmm? You're going to have to let the enemy know I am not the same person I was six months ago, six years ago, 36 years ago, 50 years ago. Why? Because it don't make a difference how long you've been saved. The same familiar spirit will keep coming back. It may be wrapped differently, packaged differently, but it'll still be the same old. Your answer has to always be no. I rebuke you. Loser! That's what you got to say out loud to the devil. Loser! When they try to bring something to you that you done walked away from, you can look, Loser! Boy, that should embarrass the devil. Because he don't want to be called a loser. He is a loser. Hmm? But if you give him place in your heart. Okay, we're going to come right back to this verse of scripture. Because I see y'all kind of saying, mm. All right, look at Romans chapter 6, Casey. We're going to come right back here. And look at verse 16. Well, before we go to verse 16, start at verse uh, 10. Start at verse 10. For in that he died. Start at verse 6. Knowing this. Everybody say, knowing this. Okay, this is what you know now. That the old man is crucified. That means the part of you that was born, conceived in sin. Didn't have nothing to do with your parent. Didn't have nothing to do with your great-grandparent. Didn't have nothing to do with your generation or whatever. Say, genera- well, I'm just under a curses. Well, look, Jesus dealt the way with all generational curses over 2,000 years ago. Say, so, well, what, what do I have? An unrenewed mind. So don't be letting no one speak on you. Tell me, well, you know, you, st- you know, you're just under a generational curse. No, you're not. Jesus dealt with the curse. Right? Christ, Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed me from where? The curse of the law. Being, verse 14, being made a curse for me. Right? Cursed is everyone that does what? Hanging on the tree. Don't see, you know, the tree was just a uh, means to show what Jesus did for us. What he did for us through his body. The tree of the cross was the means of which he used to set you free. You didn't catch that. The cross, don't put all the emphasis on the cross. Put your emphasis upon Christ. The cross was used as a mean to do what? To represent as a representative to do what? But Christ's body could be used to take away our sin. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. So without Christ's body, then the cross would be, it would have no power. It'd be of no effect. Many people died on the cross. Yeah. But our Savior, he, you know, the cross was used as a mean of showing a death that was lifted up that everyone could see. Why? Because it was interpreted in, uh, I want to say, Ephesians 3, not Ephesians, Exodus. And it, it may not be Exodus 3. But you remember where when Moses had to lift up the serpent on the pole? And the purpose of lifting that serpent on the pole, because I think it's probably the seventh chapter of the book of Exodus. The children, the, uh, the children of Israel got to, no, it's the 14th chapter. The children of Israel got to murmuring and complaining. Amen. And what they their murmuring and complaining come from. Because of uh, uh, Dolphin, 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 and his gang came against Moses. And what happened? Y'all can remember this. The earth opened up and swallowed all of them, their family, lassie, everybody. And the earth covered back up, and the children of Israel got upset. And that same angel that brought death. That, that spirit had moved and God, it was God himself, and God was killing them all. Them serpents was already in that wilderness, but because of God's protective hand. we still talking about this armor of righteousness. Because of God's protective hand, those serpents couldn't touch him until they rebelled against God. And then Moses had to get Aaron to go and, you know, make this bronze serpent. Think about how much time it took. That was like 14,000 people died that day. And when Aaron lifted up that rod, that, that serpent, and everyone that looked upon it, they got healed. Well, that, that serpent was a type of Christ. Everyone that looked upon Christ got saved, got delivered from sin, got healed, got delivered. Are you following what I'm saying? That's the same. It uses it in the same mean of how the serpent was lifted up. The Bible said Christ himself was, had to be lifted up. That was like in great shame, great. It wasn't humility. It was humiliation. But he did it for you and I. Okay. So the cross was a means a representation so that his body could could receive the singing that made us be separated from God. And that's why when we look at this, he said, knowing this, that the old man is crucified, meaning put to death, your spirit is no longer a part of a satanic nature. Your spirit now is born of God. It has the life of God in it. Oh, you understand what I'm saying? Now, your body, your soulish man, Satan still have access to it. But he don't have access to your spirit. But if you put on this armor, which is already generated in your born-again spirit, that's why you have to put it on, then guess what? Now, he has no access to your soul. He has no access to cause sickness, to cause disease. He has no access to cause your body to just fall apart like a $2 suitcase or your mind to be filled with dementia or Alzheimer or whatever. But you got to be taught this. You can't fight these battles on your own. Be taught this. Hmm? I experienced this person with my own mom. And I'm just telling you. She didn't have, she didn't have the severe case that some people have. Ours is more repetitive. But that in itself. That's a demon from hell. Now her spirit was saved. Yeah, she got a new body. She got a new mind. And she don't remember none of that stuff. But the victory is here. We live the victory of Christ on this side. And that's why I say it does matter where you go to church. Oh, well, you understand what I'm saying? Our church didn't, you know, didn't teach this kind of stuff like what I'm saying. It's, like, it's okay to have this. It's okay. No, it ain't. That's a deal. That's a lie. And sometimes people think when you get a certain age, you're supposed to have this, or it's supposed to, it's okay. If I always park my car somewhere. Well, I got a truck now. I'll put it somewhere where I can get out. I ain't sitting there listening to all that. Now y'all do what y'all want. I'm just telling y'all. I'm just not. Okay? When it comes to the truth, you're going to make enemies because why? Your emotion gets stirred and people want you to be trapped in your emotion and when you get trapped in your emotion, that's what Satan uses. He uses your emotion. And when I see a person get emotion, I just stop. I don't say nothing. I just back away. I know what that's like. Right. So he said, knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be what? Destroyed. That his for what the word his From this point on, we should not serve sin. Well, back then, a lot of people didn't know how to fight sin. They didn't know how to renew their mind. The scripture says to put on the whole armor. Well, who knew what that meant? Who knew what that was? Hmm? Well, let's look at this first scripture. We're still here in Romans. Look at Romans chapter 12. Look at verse 1. Look at verse 1 and 2. A lot of things happen to us in life because of spiritual ignorance. I'm included. But we're growing in this grace now to recognize that no, He finished it all, He did it all. It's not when I get to heaven, I won't have this no more. I won't have no more pain. I won't have no more this. No, I can enjoy it now. But it is by faith. Faith is the response to what God's grace have made provision for. I have to receive it. And then the Holy Spirit is the one that begins to touch my joints, touch my head touch my heart. Why? Because I've given him access by faith. Faith is the response whereby I receive it and then the Holy Spirit is the one that goes in and do the surgery. He's the one that goes in and do the removing or the adding to whatever is needed. The Holy Ghost is the one that does it. You can't do it. But if you don't have knowledge of it, you won't be able to enjoy it. Would you go to would they go to heaven? Did my mom go to heaven? Yep. But she didn't have the knowledge of this, what I'm talking about right here. She had some. I look at everything as a lesson learned. And one of the worst things that you could ever do as you get older is to whole regrets, a whole unforgiveness. or watch this, a whole unresolved issues in your mind. Because anything that's unresolved it'll come back and bite you like a stinger because you didn't deal with it. You thought because you put it in the back of your mind it was okay. No, you got to deal with it. You got to deal with it before the Holy Spirit. So you could be whole. Are y'all getting this? You don't deal with unresolved issues? Later on in life, it's going to deal with you. Okay, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you do what? Present your body, what? A living sacrifice. The problem with a living sacrifice, I can get off the altar. Notice, he didn't say present yourself as a dead sacrifice. A living sacrifice has to be the act of one's own will. You have to choose to say, Lord, I died of this. When they touch me in a certain way of saying certain things, you got to get to the plate. No, I refuse to say, I refuse to take that up again. I refuse to let that bother me. You have to learn scriptures, have scriptures to do what? Because it's words, the wrong kind of words that put you in that position. It's going to take the power of God's word to uproot that, to pull that out to, for an excavation to take place and you plant the new word of God so that it can catch root in the soulless part of you so that you can think differently. You're not going to think differently just because you want to. You have to think different because you put effort into thinking different. You become a student of the word. Are you following me? I'm just not a Christian. You're not just one following God just to say, well, I'm born again and that's the extent of my my fellowship. No. You have to become, because what? Crisis in life is going to happen. You can't stop it. But my response to the crisis, I can control. By doing what? Wearing that armor of righteousness, that armor that's been given to me to protect my mind, huh? the thought of a thing, to make the right choice based on how I think. And the choice that I make is going to control my emotions. Now, if you, if you think wrong, you're going to choose wrong. If you choose wrong, you're going to have the wrong feelings come out. Right, Saints, what I'm saying today is is making us responsible for what God has given to us. You have to be the responsible one to wear it now, to walk in it. It's no longer just, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You are. But to put that armor on, you have to be the one to put it on. He made you righteous, but are you going to wear it? You have to wear it. And that armor that you wear is all about truth. When you know the truth, what does it rub you wrong? Because sometimes the truth can rub you wrong. Hmm? The truth can make you uncomfortable. And that's a good thing, because now you can confront that thing and say, no, you're not going to put me in this position. I'm not shutting off. Just by the idea, just by the mere fact, are you trying to make me shut down? Amen? Watch this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you do what? You present. See, you have to do this. Your body a living sacrifice. How do you do that? Lord, I present my body every day as a living sacrifice. So what do I do? I get up, I read scriptures, or I pray in the Spirit. I pray in the Spirit for a certain amount of time. Sometimes I do it for an hour. Sometimes I do it for an hour, 45 minutes. Sometimes I do it for 30 minutes. Sometimes I don't do it at all. Sometimes I'm, 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 if I'm studying on the subject or something on my heart, I meditate on that. Praying the Spirit through that. What am I doing? I'm presenting my body as a living sacrifice. However, the Spirit of God, whatever He need to do, <clears throat> whatever He needs, to try, He's trying to get over to me. I'm presenting myself in a manner that I can receive the upgrade. You know, we you know most of us in here got iPhone, whatever device you got. It has a it has updates, right? Well, the the iPhone just had a new update, number seventeen. That's all I know. <laughs> but it, it has a new update, right? And and you look at and they got some things in there, you know. Uh, that's 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 totally different now in that new update. Now you can you one of the things is, You can if you got an iPhone. You, might, you probably won't be careful, but if you got an iPhone, you, you can take your little iPhone. Uh, Brother Joe, you got an iPhone. You see, you can take you can take a little iPhone. We can both take our iPhone, and we can put it to each other and share. Isn't that crazy? Huh? I mean, this thing can do a lot of things that it couldn't do. Just to upgrade. I mean, just to updates. Okay. I mean, I didn't know I could take. I just learned this the other day that my little uh, earbud. earbud it can uh, uh, it has a though, whatever. In other words, if I'm talking, if I'm listening to the word or listening to music, and I start talking, it will stop. It will stop playing the music. When I'm finished, it will come back up. Did y'all know that? Y'all knew that word. I'm I'm knowing it. <laughs> I look like I learned something new and y'all look say, Where you been? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's That's another thing that somebody was saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen guys All I'm saying I just used that to show The phone have to have an update Well, I'm just trying to tell you Your soul got to have an update And I'm just trying to update your soul Not your phone But your soul, Amen Y'all know all about that phone. Y'all look at me, he just not learning that. Oh, look, he's so far behind. <laughs> I don't pay attention to none of that stuff. <laughs> until I got the update, and then I just realized, I said, whoa, what's all this? See, I don't mess with all that stuff. See, when you don't know something, you don't you're not comfortable with something, you don't you don't open all that stuff up. We like to have it, but I ain't open all that up. Is that right? Yeah. And you just you don't have no choice. You can't. No matter what phone you have today, whether it's an Android or an iPhone. All them, all those things got all them the fancy futures. Right? So you don't open up what you don't what you don't want what you don't want to be messing with. Praise God. Now notice this. So Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, what? By the mercies of God. Now you know he's talking about Christian. That you Who have to do it? You present your body, what? A living sacrifice. Not a dead one. A living. That means an act of your will. Holy. See, holy. That means to be like God. Holiness is not a root. Holiness is a fruit. It's not based on what you look outwardly it's, 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 it's you wearing the life of Christ, allowing that life in you to flourish that everyone can see what's on the inside of you. Okay? Ne- next verse. And be not what? conform where? To this world. To be conformed means what? Don't be fashioned after it. You and I are different. So this is your part, verse 1 and 2. This is what you and I have to do. Not to be conformed or fashioned after, but be what? Transformed. So to be transformed, the word transformed means to what? Change. A butterfly goes through a four, four, a four stages of change before it becomes a butterfly. First of all, it becomes a little caterpillar, a little worm. I had one on my truck the other day. I just cleaned my truck. I said, get off there, you. Boom. (laughs) It took a long time for me to clean that truck. You know what I'm saying? Get off there, you. But anyway, but what a worm does, that that worm is going to try to do what? That caterpillar is going to do what? It's going to wedge itself in something, a tree bark or whatever, maybe the, the, the fascia of your house. And if you notice, you got all these little web, little white, it's like a little white web, and you can't really just see. And that thing becomes a cocoon. And it sits there. For well, 28 to 30 days, or maybe 32 days, and you got yourself a butterfly. It, but it first, hit, it is what? What's the first thing that takes place in? You know, the first thing is what the egg, right? And then you have what? What's the next stage? Anybody know? The larvae, huh? No, the larvae, the egg, and then what? The pupil. Come on, y'all know the four stage. Somebody look that up for me. I hadn't done this in, this is entomology. I, done, I had this in, in, in entomology school. You had, what's the first? Somebody look that up for me. And, but it has four stages. I want to call it right. I don't want to. The four stages is it's an egg, it's a, it's a pupil, it's a larvae, and then you have the adult. OK, the adult. And what happens is, is that when it becomes an adult, then all of a sudden you had a little bit of butterfly that comes on. Why? It went through a complete stage, but it took 28 to 32 days before it did. What I'm trying to show you, change, be not conformed to the world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. It takes what? It takes about 30 days, 30 days for you to do what? To have a changed mindset. It doesn't mean your mind is changed. You have to continue, to keep hearing it and hearing it and hearing it until it brings about a position that you can change your thought. It take about one hundred and twenty days before the thought, before you that new thought can become a part of you. Amen. And then it and then it continues to go on until that thought now begins to grow up on the inside of you like a tree. Of they're sitting beside rivers of river and water, which is the word of God itself. And then all of a sudden you start speaking out of that new life, that new thought that you've been thinking on, that you've been feeding on. Hmm? Same thing about music. People listen. If you listen to music that always full of profanity, always uh, uh, degrading the opposite sex or whatever, then guess what? That's all you, you're going to start speaking in that way. Why? Because what? You're constantly hearing something that is doing what? It's putting you in that frame of mindset. What's the same thing about the word of God? What if you just keep listening to the word every day? You got the teaching of God's word going in your ear. All the time. Well, guess what? Sooner or later, things you didn't hear, gonna catch. Say, oh man, I didn't catch that. And then all of a sudden you're gonna say, Wow, that is man. Look, that's so true. I gotta stop that. Well, what happened? You didn't catch it the first 10-15 times you heard it. Because some of our mind is so far out there, we got so much stuff going on, and then you got to keep hearing it and hearing it and hear, until it, it breaks down the husk, the outward part of all that you've been carrying, all the, the attitude, the behavior, the ways you've been, you've been picked up on. It have to break all that down before you can receive the seed of God's word to give life. Because at the beginning, you're going to want to refuse it. You don't want to fight it. Oh, that's not me. Oh, that's not for me. That's for them weak people. Huh? Is that right? Amen. I'm all that. I've received the word. Amen. So be, be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transform how? By what? Renewing of the mind. The word renew, one of the words for renew means to demolish, to, demo, to 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 uh, what do you go, what do you call that? Uh, uh, to have a demolition party, you know what I mean. To to uh, to demolish. What are you demolishing? I mean, just think about if we wanted to add, if we wanted to break this, you know, we want to open this up. What do we have to do? Tear this wall down, right? What? Well, that's what you're doing. You got to tear down some walls of containment thoughts. Because this new attitude, this new idea I'm speaking of, it won't, notice this, it can't penetrate because that old dude of old way of thinking is saying, nope, nope, I'm not coming down. This wall has to come down with a force. It ain't going to come down because I do that. It ain't going to come down because I say, in the name of Jesus, come down. It's still up. you got to knock it down. Now, in the book of Joshua, Jericho, the walls of Jericho did come down because God gave instruction. But I'm talking about using this as a part of your thought life. You're going to have to knock this wall down because that wall will keep you from not receiving the fullness of God. Hmm? Put this in the in classic Amplified case, that verse right there. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashion after and adapt to its external superficial custom. But be ye what? Transform, change, how? By the entire renewal of what? Your mind by what? It's new ideals and new attitude, and that's the key. It has a new attitude, a new idea. That's what this righteousness is about. It's about bringing you to God's right standing, what His idea, what His attitude. And until you do it like He said, until you walk in these truths like Christ in you, you're not going to get the results. You're going to still be a knucklehead. Hmm. Look, so that you may prove for yourself what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight. So how will I be able to prove His uh, prove, uh, for myself? He says, so that you may prove for yourself what is that good. So you can't prove what is good until you do the first part of that verse. Yeah, you, know, you think that's something? Watch this. Put it in the message. Look at that verse in the message. We probably have to quit. Let's see. Mm, yeah. So, hear what I want you to do. <laughs> is that? That sounds like Southwest Louisiana, huh? God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walk, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Boy, isn't that good? See, your everyday mundane life, put it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Right? Don't become so well adjusted to your culture. Oh, look at that. That you fit into it without even thinking. Well, you know, the culture change. We got we to, gotta, you know, we got to get, you know, fit in the new culture. Are you kidding me? I'm not fitting in nothing. I'm, I'm already fit. I'm in Christ. Amen. And if you're a believer, guess what? You fit where? In Christ. Notice this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on what? On God. You will be changed from the inside out. Ooh, did you see that? You'll be changed where? From the inside out. That sounds like a microwave, doesn't it? What the microwave does? Fix your food. I mean, it heats it up from what? From the inside out out, right? That's what the word is doing. It says, readily recognize no, where am I? Okay, you'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to his level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develop well-formed maturity in you. Isn't that good? Now, that's that's just a translation. That's an interpretation of Romans 1 and 2 using using the word of God, right? Now, let me close with this. My point in all of this is that if you're going to live, if you're going to put this armor on, you have to change the way you think. You cannot let this society, this culture, you cannot let your religion or tradition to put you in a place where you be trapped. Now go back to Romans chapter 6, Casey, and look at verse 6 again, and we'll close with this. So it says, knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth, we should not serve sin. Now you see why we shouldn't serve sin? Because we have what? A renewed mindset. Right? Look at this. For he that is dead is what? Free from sin. How is that? How is that you are free from sin? It's because your spirit is born of God. That's the part of you that's free from sin. Okay? Verse eight, uh, Next verse. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we should also, what? Live with him. Is that right? So God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him, how? In spirit and in truth. That's John 4.24, right? And, you know, John 6.63 said, The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Unto those that find them, right? So, next verse. Knowing... That Christ being raised from the dead, he died no more. Death has no more dominion over him. That means over his spirit. Sin, uh, the law of sin and death has no more dominion over you and I. Because we have the life of Christ. Jesus, notice this, Christ being raised from the dead died no more. In other words, the type of death that he died, yes, it was dual. It was both dual. Uh, spiritual and physical, but it the, the spiritual death came before the physical death. Okay, anybody know why? Anybody know why the spiritual death had to come before the physical? Because what? He wasn't a sinner. He had to give himself. He was made a substitute for sin and the father had to put the nature of our sin on him. I mean, God did all this on a maybe. Brother Joe, maybe you will serve me. Maybe they will love me. Maybe they will receive my... All this is on a maybe. Maybe. God didn't take twist nobody on. You gonna serve me. Right? No. God did this willingly, lovingly. Huh? Watch this. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead died no more. Death has no more dominion. So if death doesn't have any dominion over him, then guess what? Death don't have no dominion over you. Hmm? Next verse. For in that he died, he died where? Under sin, how many times? Once. Once. That means all your sin has already been forgiven. Past, present, and future tense. God is not coming down here again and make himself a sin substitute for you and I. This is why you have to put on that armor of righteousness, and not get caught in the culture today that want you and I to adapt to its new, external, superficial custom. The devil is a lie. Is that right? The devil didn't create the heavens and the earth. The Bible said God created the heaven and the earth. Is that right? Okay, a couple more verses. Likewise, everybody say likewise. See, watch this. Reckon ye also yourself to be dead indeed to sin. What? That's your spirit. It is. It's dead to sin. It cannot sin. I didn't say your soul can't sin. I didn't say your body can't sin. But that's why we're talking about putting on this armor so that you can sin not, so you can stop sinning. You can stop with, you know, the more knowledge, the more understanding of these truths. You're able to put off the thing that used to so easily begot you and I. But now that we're putting on this armor, we are more ready to say, nope, I'm not giving into that. No, nope, in the name of Jesus, I cast that thought down. Well, what are you doing? Because now I don't have to engage in that. I have to make a decision to engage in it if I do. Right? Can y'all see that? So likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but what? Alive unto God. How? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And look at this verse here. Let not sin therefore do what? Reign or rule in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. What is it saying? Let not sin do what? Reign. Where? In your body. It's telling you now let not sin do it. Look at this this verse here. Keep going, Casey neither yield your members as an instrument of unrighteousness to sin. So you have to to engage. You have to willfully, on your own, engage your bodily members, your mind, your mouth, your ears, your eyes, your hand. You have to to willfully engage yourself into unrighteousness because now you have a decision. You don't have to. Because sin no longer have dominion over you because your spirit is born of God. Now I can control my emotion. Hmm? Can y'all see the difference now? But yield yourself unto God as those that are what? Alive from the dead. As spiritual death. And your members as instruments of what? Righteousness under God. So you have to yield your body as an instrument unto God for righteousness. That means you have to be willing to let God live life through you as an instrument. Amen. What if they insult you? What if they call you a dirty name? Hmm? you dead. A dead man don't receive insults. He don't respond to insult. What if we went to the mark right now and we start talking to that dead man? You think he's going to respond back? If he does, we're all gonna, we all going to... Right? We he's not going to respond. Why? He's dead. Well, that's how you're supposed to be in your body, in your soul. Your spirit already put you there. Now you have to think in the light of your new creation. I'm not going to allow that thought to get to me. Now that's, that's, that's work on your part. That's you putting on that righteousness. That's you putting on that armor, that protectiveness the helmet of salvation. I'm not going to allow anything to penetrate my mind that I don't need to. I'm not going to watch things on TV that would put me back in a, pos- in a place for, uh, to be tempted. That's the responsibility of the righteous. Hmm? Are you following what I'm saying? I'm going to use my mouth as the sword of the spirit. I'm going to make a stand for what is right. If my body get attacked, get attacked in the name of Jesus, I command you, pain, stop. I can do that. Right? Or if something's trying to come against me, I can take my words and begin to say, every fiery daughter of the wicked one, I can do what? I can quench it with the shield of faith, with the word of God. I don't receive that. In the name of Jesus. See the responsibility to act right, to live right, is going to be on you. You're wearing it now. Neither yield your members as instrument of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God. That's a decision you must make. I must make every day. All during the day. You have to make that decision not to yield yourself unto the devil, but unto God. And finally, watch this. But yield yourself unto God as those that are what? Alive from the dead. People can't see your new birth. They can't see that you're born again, but they can see what you're wearing. They can see the love. They can see that joy. Huh? They can see that peace. They can see that loving kindness. They can see it. But they can't see you born again. But they can see healing. Hmm? As those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of what? Of righteousness, righteousness. Unto God. Notice it. Your members as instruments. You have to yield your mind, your will, your emotion as an instrument. Unto God. So that means it's not going to just happen. You have to apply it. You got to give yourself to it. The responsibility is just not on God. The responsibility for you and I to wear this armor of righteousness is on you and I. But it is through Christ Jesus. You have to make a consecrated decision. I'm going to wear my armor in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Did you receive the word today? I felt something on that. I tell you what. Oh, wow. Wow. We're going to have to give you an opportunity to, just to share your testimony, put the, make the whole lesson Absolutely. be a testimony. Yeah, that's all right. You know what I'm saying? Hey. Yeah. Up, you ready for it? <laughs> look, I tell you what, look, you, you, you let me know when you're ready, and we're just going to do it. We're just going to turn the service over and let you speak what God, your journey, how God did it. And, And I'll make sure it's on one of my podcasts so that people could hear a healing testimony that the word works. And I'm telling you, that thing... It's going to do something when people hear because they hear, they hear somebody like me, okay, yeah, they, you know. But when they hear somebody who actually received it, walked it out, conceived it, and here testify, so we're going to do that. We're going to put that on. We're going to give you a night or a morning or a Sunday, no matter to me. And we let you share. And you take your time, and we go with it, okay? All right, praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. Are you ready to receive the word? Well, let's stand on our feet and make our faith confession. Let's say it out loud once again, for the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever whom the Lord has redeemed from the hands of the enemy. Amen. Well, let's make our faith belief, our church confession of belief. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven. And is seated at the right hand of God the Father, the 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 Almighty. Almighty. From there he will come to judge judge. the living and the dead. dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins. The resurrection, the, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Life everlasting. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, we know that we always have new listeners all the time. My friend, though, we always have new listeners of so the word Catholic. simply means universal. Amen. That we are a universal body of Christ. Amen. And so, uh, <clears throat> again, we just want to just... Thank God for, and just give God all the praise for Sister Amy Phillips for uh, 100% cleared of cancer. And uh, we just thank God for his goodness. Amen. She believed the word. She received it. She acted on it. And now she has the fruit of it. Hallelujah, so I want to give her an opportunity that uh I want her to share, so we can do this next Wednesday, we could do this Sunday morning, we can do this whenever, so you tell me, let me know and uh and we're gonna go with it and then if we to have travel if you want have travel that with you, you know. It, Amen. But we're going to make that happen because uh, it will be a healing praise report. Amen. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful that God gave us an opportunity to transmit his goodness to his people. Amen. Glory to God. Well, if you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And let's look here again at verse 10. we use in this week about the armor of righteousness, wearing that armor of righteousness, because it's your protection. It's your protection in truth. You know, a Roman soldier or maybe a military or, or personnel or a police officer, fireman, they have armor to protect their body. You and I also have an armor, but our armor is truth. Amen. you put it on the truth. Like Sister Amy, she put on the truth. She didn't allow the cancer to take her out. She told cancer, I am already healed because of the blood of Jesus. I got a right. Amen. And so that's wearing your armor. Amen. You may have a crisis. You may have a a circumstance, a condition that may take place. But just because it's there, it doesn't mean that we fall apart like a $2 suitcase on 10 miles or 12 road. Amen. We embrace. Amen. And put that arm on that's already, you already have received. Now you have to wear it as your protection. Okay. And so here we see, it says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Put this in the uh, page. Put this in the classic amplifier. And <clears throat> I love the way this verse reads in the Amplified Bible. It says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. So it's be empowered. So that means God has equipped you and the word power, means that he has endowed you With an assignment, he has empowered you or equipped you to carry out a task. Okay? And that's all of us. So all of us have been empowered, equipped, endowed with an assignment to do what? To walk out what he called us to. Okay? And notice this. She said, be empowered through your union with him. Draw your strength. Where? where? Where are you going to draw your strength from? You, not from the doctor, uh, from your spouse? No, they said draw your strength where? From him. Why? Because it has to be supernatural. Now we can draw strength from one another just when we see each other. You follow what I'm saying? You see a smiley face or you see someone, you, know, you can draw some strength but when it comes to your spiritual stance on the truth of God's word, your strength is going to have to come from Him. Amen. And notice what it said, That strength which is boundless. Huh? What does the word boundless mean to you? There's no boundaries, no limits. Woo! Michael Jackson ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> You see, he said that which his boundless might provide, when you can look at God and understand that there is no limits to what he will do for you, then you will never live in fear. Hmm? You never live in fear. Are you following me? All right. Now, next verse. Verse 11. Uh, Oh. (laughs) That's all right. Put on the whole armor. See, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplies. See that? That you may be able to successfully to stand up against all the strategy and the deceit of the devil. See that? armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies. And again, when you think about the armor that a armed, that a Roman soldier uh, uh, has on, his, his armor is heavy. We talked about it in that 8 o'clock class about Bobby being a military guy, you know, There is a What do we call that thing It's an armor 30, 35 pounds Front and back And and then Brother Richard Was talking about You have the helmet So you see You you know uh, Did you say 65 pounds Or Brother Richard 65 pounds So think about If you know Without your body weight So let me you know, if you weighed 190 pounds plus 65, well, you up there, right? Well, but that's what, you, that's, what, that's what you're wearing in the natural to protect your physical body. Well, the truth is just that weighted. Are you following what I'm saying? It is just that heavy. It's more heavy, okay? Because you're wearing it. You're wearing, that's why it says, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier which God supplied, that you may be successfully to stand against all the strategy and the deceits of the devil. Let's look at it. Go to verse 12. Okay, uh, uh, page. <laughs> For we wrestle not. For we are not wrestling with what? So we always have to make sure you understand that your battle is never in the flesh. It's always, you got to always understand it may come from someone functioning in the flesh, but your battle is a spiritual conflict. That person is just transmitting that evil, that wickedness, that twisted way, or whatever that may be, that doubt, that unbelief. But don't look at the person. It's not the person, it's the spirit behind that person. Just as God has to use you and I to be a mouthpiece, the enemy may have to use you and I all as a mouthpiece. Just be mindful who you hang out with. Be mindful who you let speak in your life. Just because something may be going in a different direction and this is not reversible, well, you know, Doc, it's too late. The Bible said, I was healed by the stripes of Jesus 2,000 years ago. And they're not going to really be all happy about that. But you got to have your stance. Right? Okay? So, for we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, against the despondent, against the powers, against the master spirits who are, see, the world's ruler of this present darkness against spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. So, but we're seated far above. Okay, now watch it. Next, uh, therefore, put on. So you see, it's not automatic. You put it on. Like again, a police officer if he leave his house. Out his arm, he going to automatic, especially if he went, he going to automatically know I'm naked. He going to know. Can y'all see that? Well, it's the same thing about you not. I. I mean, you going to know. I don't have my armor on. I mean, you know, I mean, you may. You may get to work or you may be on the way to work and somebody, you know, jumped in the front of you or whatnot, and, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, and you realize, I don't have my arm on. I'm about to tell him off. <laughs> Is that right? Then you, do, what you got to do? Put your arm on. Amen. We got a lot of traffic in Lafayette, boy. it's all over city. So you're going to have to take your time when you drive. Amen. So, therefore, put on God's complete armor. See what he's doing? What is he telling you? That's why I call it wearing the armor of righteousness. You're wearing that armor. So you have to put it on. So he said, therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to do what? That you may be able to do what? Come on, talk to me, Claire. Resist. Everybody say resist. That's what you do. You're resisting. You can't, if you don't have that hormone, you can't resist. I mean, you know, sometimes I wear clothes that is water resistant. I wear boots that's water resistant. I say, well, it's raining. Well, it's not going to affect me. Right? Well, what? It's like a, it, it, I have an hormone. i protected. Is that right? Well, the truth of God's word is you're protected. So it said, therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. So you don't know when that day is. So the evil day that came to Sister uh, Amy was, he told her she had cancer. But then Jesus told her she got healing. She had to make a decision. Is that right? You got to make a decision. Glory to God. And having done all the crisis demand to stand firmly. How are you going to have to stand? Firmly. Why? Because you're going to continue to keep hearing negative reports for a a moment. You're going to have to have your mind set. Nope, I don't receive that in the name of Jesus. I was healed some 2,000 years ago. I plead the blood of Jesus. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. God is able to make all grace abound towards me, that I'm always having sufficiency for all things. I'm not going to lose my house. I'm not going to lose my car. Huh? God has made provision that I always have. Amen. See, if you don't quote the word, see, you got to wear the armor. You don't know where money going to come from. You don't know how it's going to happen. But you don't have to know all that. You just got to know that, hey, when I put that armor on, part of that armor is my provision. God is my provider. So you have a right to God's provision. But if you don't wear that armor for prosperity, then guess what? You won't, you won't receive the wealth. You won't receive the blessing. Remember, in the verse 10 says to be empowered with your union, with, through your union with him. You are empowered with your union with him. Put that back up again, uh, uh, page uh, verse 10, and we'll come back to this. Notice what it said. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. Be empowered. In other words, if you don't open your mouth and make a stand, then the power of the Holy Ghost can't bring out the change. Can you see it? You have to be able to stand. Look, we don't just quote the word to quote. So when, you know, when something comes against it, oh, man, I didn't know that was coming against me like that. No, that's why you're quoting that word. So you are resisting. You're letting the enemy know I'm not moving. I'm not moved by how I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not even moved by what I hear. I'm only moved by what God's word says. What I'm going to do, I'm wearing the armor of righteousness. I'm letting the sickness know. I'm letting the, the, uh, the lack of finances know. I'm letting the, the, my, uh, whatever's broken in my relationship, I'm letting the enemy know I'm not quitting. I'm not giving in. Hmm? Proverbs 24.10 say, If you quit in the, uh, in the midst of adversity, your shit is small. Did you hear what it said? You will have adversities. but you have the word of truth so that you won't quit. Hallelujah. Yeah. So it says, draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provide. I love it. We could keep putting all the emphasis on God. It's not on you. It didn't tell you to be strong in you. It said be strong in him. Glory to God. Can y'all see that? Okay, go back to verse 13 page. Therefore, put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all, the Christ of the man To stand firmly in your place. I'm not going to be moved by this. Next verse. Stand therefore. You see what it says? Stand. It's not talking about just stand up like this. I'm standing up. You know, you're about ready to go to sleep. about ready to fall out. I'm, I'm still standing. No, that's not the stand they're talking about. You're standing on a truth. You're standing on a principle. You could be laying down, you could be driving, and you're standing on that word. A negative thought come up? No. In the name of Jesus, I'm whole now. I mean, Scripture will come up. Now faith is the substance of things that I expect, being the proof of things that I cannot see. Ooh, let me show y'all that. That's your Glory to God! Way just like that. You got to receive that. For I don't care what it is—finances, your marriage, your health. Whoa! Hush. Hebrews chapter eleven, all page, and keep it in the same version. One. Hebrews 11, 1, watch this. We're going to come back to it. It says, now faith is what? Oof. See, that means you, you have to be sure you got it. That's what you're standing in. You, you're standing, your standing is making you assure I got it. So your standing is not being weary, it's not worried, it's going to sleep. Right? I'm standing on the word. ain't do not need me staying awake. Worry. No. God, the Bible said, God don't sleep or slumber, so let God say, yep, I'm going to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Look, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the tidy before you ever see it. Look, the thing we hope for being the proof of the thing we do not see. Being the proof of things we do not see. Being the proof of things we do not see. Being the proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith Perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I don't have to see it. The word already told me what I got. I'm gonna meditate on that. I'm gonna chew on that, JW, until conception take place in my heart. See, because you hear the word it doesn't mean you conceived it. First of all, faith come. How does faith come? So you, you, you got to hear yourself say. So what are you hearing yourself say? Hmm? See, what are you doing? You're wearing the armor of righteousness. See, so you, you're actually, you know, you're actually in the midst of the crisis, taking a stand, telling the crisis, step back. I'm not moved by this. Amen. Uh, you know, we have our parts. You know, you know we eat, we eat right. You know, we can't be messing, messing around there with little Debbie all the time. Right? Get rid of the boot in and all the crackling. Look at this and all of it. Uh, you, you know, see, look, look, look. I tell you what, boy, I tell you. <laughs> Got to make a decision. All right, okay, page. Let's go back to Ephesians 6. Then it came out with chicken crackling. Hallelujah. Or oh, go to verse 14 uh, page. Stand therefore, so you understand now what you're doing. What stand is? Hold your ground. Huh? Hold your ground. Hold your ground means I'm standing on that word. <clears throat> I'm not on the loose. It's not looking better. It's looking worse. No, nope, I've already saw it. I'm convicted. I'm assured in my heart. In my spirit, I'm healed. That's why the confession of God's word, it is doing what? It's building evidence. It's building an image on the inside of you. You got to see yourself healed before you get healed. That's what the word does. It paints a picture, an image, right? Apple. Everybody an apple. But you have an apple present. Right? I'm going to let us all see the same apple. A big red juicy apple. See, everybody sees that. But yet the apple not here. Well, you don't see the word apple. You see apple. But words is the expression of the image. We speak with words, but the words transmit into an image. That's why when you say, I'm healed, well, guess what? You don't see healing, but guess what? Healing begins to get in your body. It knows what to do. And then all of a sudden you begin, man, that pain gone. I was running today. You know, and a pain tried to hit my knee. I said, you lie. I'm healed. I forgot my word that I was telling Sunday, Loser! And it just, it just hit me. You let that thing go, loser! And I just, but just kept on running. That's what you got to tell when, when something, make you know, want you to think of something, make it feel, loser! Why? Because it has already lost. The blood, I'm wearing my armor. How can you come back, come again with Jesus already defeated for me? I didn't do it. I don't have to. He did it. I'm just wearing it. He said, I have a right. So if you don't put it on, you're not going to be the, you're not going to be all the benefits of it. Amen. Notice this. <clears throat> so stand there for hold your ground, right? Having tightened the belt of truth. Now we're getting ready to see what that armor looks like. It is the belt of truth around your lawn and having put on the breath plate of integrity and the moral rectitude and right standing with God. So you, you, all of this, I mean, look, uh, I have this Bible teacher I listen to, uh, Rick Renner. He's a Greek and Hebrew scholar. And if you listen to him, he break this armor down to you, what an armed soldier actually looks like and the weight of it. Uh, he talks about the shoes that they have on when they put that, when they had it that soldier's dress, it's like they got spikes that, that goes into the ground, that whereas they, 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 they lock on. And the shield they have, that shield is to protect whatever your hike is. If I'm six foot, that shield is six feet. It's covered every part about me. And everyone standing on that line just like that, you can't be moved because the spikes in that ground got you holding your ground. That's physically. But I'm trying to get you to understand that's what you're standing on the word of God in that manner. You gotta become that dogmatic. Amen. So notice this. Next verse all uh, page. And having shoved your feet in preparation to face the enemy, firm footed, stability, the promptness, and the readiness to produce the good news. So therefore, one done. My feet is ready to do what? I'm standing first. I am standing firm. i do not care what someone say. Oh, that don't work. Or they put nasty little comments maybe on Facebook, put a little ugly face on that. None of that don't move me. Are you following what I'm saying? With that sweet stuff, that don't move me. But (laughs) you got to understand, you got to understand, some people will become bitter. Some people are angry because why? They heard that and it didn't work. So anytime you stand on the Word You're going to say No, no, no Or whatever Are you following the thing? So when you say Having sharp your feet With the preparation That means you have to Prepare yourself To stand on this ground You have to embrace yourself To stand on this truth. Hmm? Firm-footed With stability You know what I'm saying? You know I mean, there are certain issues would, and they have what they call stability. They keep you stable. Amen? The promise and the readiness to do what? To produce what? Readiness produced by the good news, the gospel of peace. Amen? Next verse. Uh, oh, Sister Cheryl. <clears throat> I got to look back there and see who, who I'm talking to now. It says, lift up over all the covering, shield of saving faith, huh? upon which you can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. Look what it says. Lift up over all the covering, the shield of the saving faith. Now, let's put this back in the... Um, I love this in the King James. Put it back in the old King James. <clears throat> Notice this. We'll give it a minute. And above all, taking the shield of faith, huh? wherewith you should be able to, will do what? Quench all the fiery dots of the wicked. The shield of faith is what? See, you taking the shield of faith which you are standing on that word and you are not allowing that shield that you have. You're not allowing doubt. You are not allowing unbelief to penetrate in your mind. Hmm? So when people come against an armed soldier, that armor that he has on, the thickness of that armor, it ain't, you ain't getting through that. It's the same thing with your word. When you wear the word of God and say, no, I already saw it. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm prosperous. I got it in the name of Jesus. Right? Now we're not just we're not just speaking. We're saying once you make your stand on the word, now you gotta stand there. You gotta work this out. That's a difference between you know, one that is a confessor of the word, and one that actually stands on the word, confirm that the word is working in their life. That's two type of believers: one that confesses, but one that actually believes and walk it out. The one that believe and walk it out is the one that going to get the evidence. The one that just do, and one that just confess the word, they believe it, but they don't. They don't have it in their heart, that they can, look, they can walk this out by faith. They know what the Scripture said, they know where it is in the Bible, but they don't have the evidence that they stand on it. They can walk this out. How many understand what I'm saying? That's important. You got to know what the Word says for you to be able to step out by faith walking on the water. Of the word. Amen. So he said, Above all the light, taking the shield of faith, where you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Next verse. Oh. And take the helmet of what? Salvation. Wow. See, the helmet of salvation, remember, the helmet of salvation is your soul. You're protecting, you're protecting your mind, you're protecting your thoughts, you're protecting the choices that you make, you're protecting your emotion because your emotion wants it to become erratic through your feelings. Right? But when you, notice this, <clears throat> it says, take the helmet of salvation when you take the helmet of salvation and you understand what salva- that salvation that is, the helmet of salvation is protecting your mind. That's what salvation, the word is protecting your mind. Huh? Let's, 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 let's see. I think I know what it is. 1 Peter one 9 let Let's see. Put that up for a moment. I don't know if i right. But I've been wrong before. Yeah, there we go. Receiving the end of your faith, even what? The salvation of your soul. You're protecting your mind. You're putting that helmet of salvation on, meaning this, through the confession of your mouth and the belief of your heart, you're wearing the helmet of salvation from all doubt, from all unbelief. Huh? Now, notice this. I said. <clears throat> Mm. I got two verses look at Mark 52 first and then go to uh, James 1 22 but go to Mark 6 notice this so what are we talking about we're talking about you protecting notice this it says for they consider not the miracles of the low's For their hearts were what? Hardened. Your heart is your soul. Hmm? Go back to verse 51. Or 50. Look at verse 50. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Now they just fed 5,000 people. Hmm? Can, can, so you see soul salvation You can forget They did that See part of walking by faith On purpose You have to on purpose Think in the light of the word It's not like It's not going to just happen Huh Fat is easy to get on your body Did you know that It don't take no effort for fat to get on your body And they don't take nothing. Look, and i tell you what, and that heifer will say, I ain't leaving either. You go to exercise, and you get to running, you get to eat right, and they say, I'm still here. Right? You got to work to get that fat off. Right? But muscle is hard to do what? To come by. Right? So you have to work it for muscle to, to show up, but muscle is heavier than fat. Are you following? I'm using this as an illustration to show you that, hey, unbelief, doubt, and fear, you don't have to. It's, look, it, it comes automatically. It's already there. You have to work the word to keep unbelief, doubt, and fear out. It's not going to just happen just because you're a Christian. The word being the muscle. I like that. That's right. The word being the muscle, Amen. For they all saw him. Now watch this, verse fifty-one. And he went into the went went up unto them in the ship, and the wind ceased. See, because he told them to go to the other side. They, they wasn't they wasn't they wasn't living in sin. They were trying to get that boat on the other side. They've been out there for eight hours. And, and when Jesus came to them, they didn't even know how to handle that. But you see, you got to read all of the parables account about this, about this story. And the, 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 the significance that I want you to see here, they had forgot that 5,000 people were fed fish. And bread will multiply as they were distribute it. From their hand, they saw this. So can you see what I'm saying? If you don't remember, now you see what caused them not to remember that. They was in that water. They were tossing and toiling in the water. And they're all fishermen. And they know you don't you don't sail that time of evening. But Jesus constrained them, them to get in the boat. Can you see it? Watch this. Next verse. No, oh, go go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. Verse verse 51. And he went up into the ship with them and the wind and they were sore and so amazed. That's not a good word. They should have been expecting him, if, even if he needed to have a Superman cape to come over that water. Faster than lightning, is that right? Is that what the Superman? Is? I can't. I don't know all of it, but you know, Superman, right? A Faster than a speeding bullet. <laughs> yeah, he would. They should have been expecting him to have his Superman cape on to do what to save him because of the five of the loaves of the, the two loads, I mean, the five loaves and the two fish. But I'm. I'm trying to show you. That was then, this is right now. Can you see it? See, m- notice it. To be faithful, you got to reflect. You got to have memory. You got to take time and reflect on that. You got to rehearse it. They were so amazing in themselves the beyond measure and they and wondered. Don't, don't, don't point your finger to the disciples. Because guess what? You and I are humans. We are candidates for the same thing can happen right here. If you don't if you don't show forth your thankfulness. This is what happened. And that's why the Bible said, when they knew God they were ungrateful, unthankful, huh? and then their foolish heart, their, their, their imagination became vain, and the foolish heart was darkened because unbelief. Next verse on page. And they consider not, he said, for they consider not the miracle of the Lord. This is Jesus speaking. He said they did not even consider what they just did eight hours ago. He said for their hearts were hardened. In other words, they were insensitive to what took place. You know, it's kind of like, you know, well, I don't know Well, I was just telling me, you know, when I was in school, you know, I mean, you know, I didn't like algebra, and it was just like, man, when it was time to take that test, I was sweating beads, but So I had short-term memory. You know what short-term memory is? You you climb enough in overnight just to get by that morning. Everybody give me that test. Give me that test, cause if you if you went alone, <laughs> <laughs> that's you're saying, huh? And I end up loving the afterwards. Isn't that amazing? All right. So now, what what, what scripture? I, I, I got to stop. James 1. James 1, 22. This is the last scripture I'm going to give y'all. Y'all got the picture about the armor, right? I don't need to go through, if, you know. So it says, But be ye doers, of the word and not what hearers only deceiving what your own self I'm telling you the difference is when you're in combat nobody in combat look pretty when you come out of a fight you know I mean you're going to have a few few marks on you too but guess what you will going to come out on top Right. Next, next, next verse. or page. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not what? What it already is right there. A doer. He is like a man, like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Verse, and forget for he beholded himself and goes his way as straightway forget what manner of man he was are you are y'all following following saying what, what is it what is the implication what is it it's trying to show here it's trying to uh uh go is go to the first uh Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. This is what it's trying to show you. You have to, on purpose, confess the word, stand on the word, so that you don't be a forgetful hearer, so that you don't forget what manner of man you are. You can't use, I can't use the natural mirror. Okay, I can use a natural mirror to do what? Shave my head, comb my beard, puff it up. Right? We can do that, right? But can we do that with the Word? No. See, it's different. The mirror of the Word is what you're standing on. Can you see that? to be not a forgetful hero. So that means you got to confess the word, stand on the word, meditate on the word, amen, until it manifests. Well, I'm bound by 45 minutes and I'm 2 minutes over. Give me. Did y'all learn anything tonight? Well, <clears throat> There's so much more to this lesson, but I think if you study this out and you listen to some of the other stuff we have on podcast, it'll help you.